Welcome to the North Seattle College Parent Education Podcast. And thank you for being here because this podcast is designed just for you. We know that parenting takes a village and we're here to help. Tune in while you're working, driving, even cooking, and we'll provide you with valuable information each episode to support you as a parent. North Seattle Cooperative Preschools are held at 12 different locations for ages infant to five years, plus a kindergarten class, online classes, and other community sites. And remember, we're always enrolling. Thanks for tuning in today. And now, here's your host, Tanya Hino. Welcome to Parenting Takes a Village. Here we are, episode 11. How exciting. Today we have Karen Murphy. She's a teacher at Meadowbrook Cooperative Preschool for the past six years. Karen has a BS in the study of human movement with the emphasis on motor development. She likes to bring lots of movement and play in her classroom and believes strongly in the power of unstructured free play. Before being a co-op teacher, she taught preschool in Arizona and managed an after-school program in Connecticut. She lives in Seattle with her husband and daughters, fish, cats, and chickens. Welcome, teacher Karen. Hi, Tanya. Thanks for having me. The power of play with children. And you're a teacher. How long have you been a teacher for? So I've been teaching at Meadowbrook Co-op. I think this is my sixth year as a preschool teacher there. And I have been teaching the pre-threes and the three to fives and pre-K groups. Prior to that, I was a co-op parent for four years. And also while I was teaching, I did both. Prior to that, I ran an after-school program. I taught preschool in Arizona. So I've been I've been doing this for a, a while. A very qualified teacher for sure. <laughs> yeah, why? why is play-based learning important to you, Karen? So I feel like, and I know that children learn so much through play. There are aspects of play that allow them to grow socially and emotionally. They can learn concepts, uh, like mathematical concepts, engineering concepts. There's just so many ways that children learn through play. And I think that um, it's important to talk about because I think that people and families, and even myself, when I was first a parent in a play-based classroom, don't really know the learning that is happening during the play. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for example, I know that like some of the games that we play during like circle time games where we're, you know, doing, um, we have a circle time game called the wiggly worm in my class where we hide a worm behind a colored apple and there's eight numbers and eight different colored apples. So one through eight and each one is a different color. And some of the children know their numbers and some of them don't. And almost all of them know their colors. So they'll say, oh, I wanna pick the pink one. I'll say, oh, number eight, we'll we'll check pink number eight. (laughs) And so we're just learning through there. Like they're learning Uh um, the concepts of the numbers and one-to-one correspondence because we'll count them together. But even on their own in the classroom, like when we're doing things like um, a set of counters and an ice cube tray and they're putting them in like they're putting a counter in each each box of the ice cube tray then they're mm-hmm. the same thing but they're doing it on their own there it's a one-to-one correspondence there's some fine motor going on there too and um and just learning sort of the concepts of like well if i add more what does that mean and how how many more can i add and how, what does it look like if i take them away so i just i think that um knowing about how children learn through play is an important 
it's an important yeah. piece for the parents too. And, and, and were you always a strong believer in play, learn? No, I don't think so. I think it took being in the classroom as a co-op parent for me to know. I taught preschool previously, but it was a, um, it was like a scripted sort of academic preschool. And it'd been years since I'd been in that environment. And so that's kind of what my expectation was. And I thought, well, we'll just do co-op for a little bit. Yeah. Because then we need to get into like an, um, I don't want to say a real preschool, but you know, those yes. sort of my thought at the time. And there's definitely my husband's thought. And I remember him saying, you know, after I was in the classroom for a while, I, I could see like the, what the children are learning and how they were learning, yeah. especially how they're learning to work together and problem solve. Yeah. Um, but I remember my husband saying to me, well, what are they going to learn? What yeah. Learn in that classroom. And, yeah. And it's, it's amazing how much they do learn. They learn. So give us concrete examples of what what they learn in playing. I mean, you gave us one with the, the worm and the apple. Uh, they're learning through play. Tell us, Karen, some concrete examples of playing learning in the co-op. Yeah, so thanks for asking. So some of the games that we like to play in our classroom is uh, we'll play games like at circle time, like what's missing. And we'll put some things out. I'll put some things out and we'll investigate them. And then I'll take something away while the children don't see and we'll play what's missing. And that's helping them learn like to pay attention, to keep track of what's happening in front of them, but also to work together because someone will say, oh, I think it was something red. And someone will say, oh, I think it was a dinosaur. And then they'll come together and be like, oh, it was a red dinosaur because there's other things that were red or other things that were dinosaurs in there together, um, which is always a very fun game. We will play games like felt board songs mm -hmm. and we do lots of repetition. And those things help the children learn story sequencing and narrative um, patterning because some of those songs have patterns in them. I mean, there are so many examples. And examples that I remember with teacher Chris in Latona, as a parent, two children come up front and then the children continue in the circle was alike and different yes i love playing that yes what's alike and what's different and then they can compare each other sometimes it's clothes sometimes it's physical attributes sometimes it's what they like to do depending on how well the children know each other and then as the year goes on it changes because they know each other better yeah and better. another thing i like to play is Hmm, who, which friend am I asking about? And I will describe them or describe their family members and uh -huh. see who know and build that world out for them. That these aren't just singular children in the classroom. They have whole worlds at their own homes. Yes. You know, they might celebrate things that are different than what we do at home, or they call their grandparents a different name. Yes. Um, which is always really fun to bring into the classroom too. So you're adding the, the diversity and inclusion of the different families right here yeah. uh, as they play as we play that's yeah. great are they really learning with risky play are they really learning with just playing do you think they really are learning oh yes Yes, I think that children know, um, they know what feels good, what feels safe, what doesn't feel safe. And sometimes they know better than we do how safe they are. Like, yeah. I definitely think that children le learn that way. We are all experimenting all the time. I mean, even as adults, right? We do risky things sometimes. We drive in cars, we cook food on stoves, hot stoves, right? Like we had to learn how to do that. We didn't know how to do it from the start. I mean, children have to learn how to navigate the world as well. 
well. And we have to give them a space that create parameters around it and allow them to sort of flourish and find their way within those. Before that we try to, in my class, I try to get the children to help me come up with those parameters. And we talk about the ways that we stay safe at school. Yeah. And we talk about those together so that it's not me laying down the rules. It's that we come up with them together and that way we can keep everyone safe, but let them have some freedoms as yeah. well. Yeah. That's a wonderful way of teaching them, them learning how to be in the world and how to be in their own environment. They're actually using all the executive functions yeah. by doing that. Yeah. Executive function does not come at birth. It has to be developed. A lot of things that are happening with executive function when they are playing yes. freely and they're allowed to learn on their own way. Right. And they, they learn how to, sometimes they may overreact or, or react strong, more strongly than maybe feels appropriate to the other friend. And so they have to learn to pull it back or, mm -hmm. um, or with this friend, it's okay to get a little bit more wild or with this friend, it's not. And so learning that, ex like that executive function piece and learning how to be part of a, a community is a, is a huge part of what, of what we learn through just free play, like just yes. open-ended open play, like open, yeah. not goal-oriented, just the goal is that the children will play and so that's really important allow allowing them to just express who they are as who they are and as as teachers supporting that right. and adding to it and adding to it yeah and scaffolding them up too you know sometimes they might need a little extra help to know that you know that does this is not working with this friend or if you want someone to play with you running up to them and pushing them and running away doesn't doesn't work yeah in the environment you know it might work at home with your sibling right it's yes. Sometimes those things work with other with other people, um, but in this environment, it's not working. So let's find something else that we can do. We can invite yeah. you into play, or we can we can discuss it. Um, yeah, and there's there's just so many ways we can offer them something and see if they want to engage with you. And um, learning how to engage others in play is also a big part of what we do. Oh yeah, and and if we think back to where when we were in, I don't know if you remember, parents or anyone remember back when they were in the playground in elementary school. And the key thing of being in elementary school really is learning how to play and navigate the world of playing because that's how you make friends yeah. and that's how you relate socially so learning that early in life take you and teach you a lot of valuable lessons uh social emotionally that will make you relax in a way that we have not we cannot imagine it is reported scientifically that playing based learning it does so much to children that and they're learning so much right and they have more confidence in an environment where they can be themselves and be relaxed and that just sets them up to learn even more. Correct. Yeah, they're they're confident, they're relaxed, they can bring into this space whatever it is that they have, like positive, negative, what you know, whatever skill sets they have, they can bring it into this space and we can find a place for them. Yeah. In a, in a play based environment. You know, that doesn't always work in, in a more rigid space. Correct. So that that really lets the children grow in into themselves instead of into a like into a mold that exactly. they, they may not be. Going back again to the uh, carpenter or the garden right. is really child center, not adult center, and that's play based. It's child center, not not adult center, because. It really it focuses on what the child needs at that moment and how how they feel at that moment. It really does help them develop their own needs because every child develops differently. Some kids cross 
at certain times and kids don't crawl in. Kids skip crawling. My so daughter skips crawling. You see, yeah. every child is different. What would you recommend for parents and teachers to start supporting play learning? Great question. I would start with loops. Loose parts are amazing. So loops is just like a co collections of things, right? This is what your children are always finding anyway, that collection of rocks that they pick up at the beach. They spend so much time finding just the most perfect ones or um, piles of shells or interesting bits and pieces, pine cones, whatever. That's, that's a really fun way just to see and watch what your child does with them. Like, yeah they'll make patterns or they'll build things. They will use them in dramatic play, different like different kinds of scenarios. I think that's a really easy entry point. Mm -hmm. You can also add those things in to things that they already, if you're not using materials like that, you can add them in to things that they're already playing with so that it's just, it creates a more open-ended experience. So I think starting there is a, is a great place. Um, open-ended things like um, Play-Doh. Yeah. Playing with Play-Doh, even like homemade Play-Doh is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And you can stick sticks in it, you can put rocks in it, mm -hmm. pipe cleaners, whatever it is that you have around. It's a really fun way to play. And then I would say that there are some great books, blogs, Fun at Home with Kids with Asia, Asia Citro is really good. Yeah. And she's also put out some really good books. Um, you can get from the library that are um, like one I think is called a little bit of dirt like there's another one just about um, screen free activities and yeah. but a lot of it is just like using materials that you have around and just and engaging with them it's really just about engaging with the materials that you have you don't have to buy things it's just yeah. it's just open-ended and there's a great book I'm sure you have heard of it I'm not a box Oh, yes, I love that book. I love that one. It's a perfect idea what Playbase is. Uh, or I'm not a stick. I'm not a stick, yep. They're two I... amazing books and they're just so simple. Highly recommend them because it's about how the imagination of a child works. And it's just a simple box and we have all these Amazon boxes. Just see what will happen. I have a bunch of moving boxes I keep at the preschool and I'll tape them up and just put them out and see what happens. They're there buses, they're fire trucks. Sometimes it's a car wash. We turn it on its side and the cars go in and out. They become a car wash. Sometimes it's like a mountain that the animals have to climb over. You know, there's so many different ways. And if you just let, if the children are just allowed to, to explore them, they will find. They'll find ways. And it's just, magical to just let them construct and just see where it takes them yeah. some some parents get really so, anything yeah. else you want to add that or our listeners learn more about play base um well i'd say explore your local cooperative preschool one way to learn more about play-based education and to engage with your child in a play-based environment that is set up and ready for you um and i would say don't be scared of it like ask questions though you know what are my what is my child learning in this environment if you don't know it's okay to ask I and mean, that's what we always want our children to do and that's what we want you to do too um i think that um play-based educator is going to have a lot of information for you it's almost easier to see it in action than it is to discuss and describe it's true yeah, yeah. so come and see karen's class and just come and observe <laughs> and see how it actually works
love it. Let your child play. Explore that. Let them follow their interests. I think that's that is one of the biggest of play, right? Yeah. Like letting them follow their interests and, and see where it goes. You know, we keep children can follow their interests with guidance and see what happens. It's, it's letting go of our fears that our kids are not not gonna learn. Let's see what happens. Your child is going to learn, constantly growing, and when we let them do more and have the confidence they're just even more ready to learn yeah one question before we go if a kid is showing more interest in reading and math do we stop them and say hey we're play-based learn here what do you do with those children that are more interested in reading and they really want to read and they really want to they look like they're advanced in that area what do you do yeah well that's a great question so i've i've had those students i've had a five-year-old that was reading probably at a second grade level it was amazing you know some children develop like you said earlier some children develop skills in one area more than in another um like my daughter started walking really young but her peer born a week earlier was speaking full sentences but not walking you know so we develop in different ways yeah um so for the for the child that doesn't necessarily want to engage socially um i think a play-based preschool still is really great for them because there's still so many ways to for them to get engaged in what their interests are so there's so many different mathematical concepts we can play with there's so many different ways we can do dramatic play we can act out those stories that this child wants that a child wants to read in the classroom we can um we can use loose parts to recreate things we can sit and read books i mean that works too um but there's also there's other ways that we can play and engage their interests yeah promote that reading at the same time uh, engage them in the play uh so that they can develop that social emotional sure and we can give them opportunities too to write their own books right and we do a lot of that we do a lot of artwork a lot of just open-ended process art but a lot of um bookmaking too so they write they can draw the pictures and tell an adult and the adult will write in the words oh nice that's a great way transcribe it and then we can read it later to the class and share it, share out what, what they've written. Oh, what a, good, a great way to be uh, practice being an author, published author. Published author in this book, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. A way to do it. Wonderful, Karen. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you so much, Tanya. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Parenting Takes a Village. Today, we had teacher Karen. She talked to us about the power of unstructured free play and the power of just letting your kids play and how much they're learning in the process. Remember, we have two more episodes before the end of our first season of Parenting Takes a Village. Thank you so much for our listening and creating a village of resources. We've been having amazing parent educators, teachers, and knowledgeable parents that have joined us to talk to us about different topics. Share the knowledge with family, friends. It takes a village and knowledge also takes a village. Thank you so much for continuing to listen and sharing. Together we can do this. Children are amazing and they are our future. Let's do this together. Until next time. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the North Seattle College Parent Education Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Visit our website for more information and be sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram to learn more about our upcoming events. See you next time.